Our vision is Africa for Christ. And we need to really put feet to our face at this conference. Two Corinthians chapter ten, verse three to four reads. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. As Christians we are engaged in intense spiritual warfare. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. The devil is a shrewd enemy. He has been tempting God's people for centuries. Placing snares and traps in our path. To distract us, to deviate us, to discourage us, and to defeat us. The devil knows our weaknesses. Whether pride or greed or lust, dishonesty or immorality or bitterness the church has identified seven deadly sins which have been used in catechisms to warn us about seven of the traps that the devil likes to use some years ago, an ice cream factory in South Africa thought it would be funny to come out with a series of ice creams named after seven deadly sins. But these are no laughing matters. If we do not deal with our sin, if we do not fortify our areas of weakness, we will continue to experience spiritual defeat. If we harbor and nurture our sin, then we give the devil a foothold in our lives. Once we have surrendered ground to Satan, it is vitally important that we learn how to reclaim it. Do you know how to put on the full armor of God? Do you know how to successfully resist the tempter? Are 
The weapons that God gives us are able to tear down Satan's strongholds. And replace them with fortresses of faith. Ephesians 4 verse 26 to 27 states When you are angry do not let your anger lead you into sin Do not let the sun go down on your wrath this means we should not be angry about something for over 24 hours in under 24 hours by the time the sun sets we must have this settled do not give place to the devil if we cultivate any known sin then we're giving Satan an opportunity to gain a foothold, a beachhead in our life. You know what a beachhead is? If soldiers are trying to invade a country and they've got to land on the beaches, they've got to find a place where they can establish themselves. So, for example, we know China wants to attack Taiwan sometime. There's only a few beaches in Taiwan that they can land on, and then only three months of the year is that possible. And Taiwan has fortified those areas because they know that's where the attack must come. The rest of Taiwan is very rocky coast where they can't get a foothold. So if Satan wants to take over your life, he needs a foothold or a beachhead first. Satan will then use this opportunity to invade and take over control of other areas of your life. The Apostle Paul said he did not want us to be ignorant of Satan's devices. But most Christians today are willfully ignorant of the tactics and the strategies of the enemy. Are you alert to Satan's tactics or are you ignorant of his devices? It is crucial that we in the power of God's Holy Spirit reclaim and retake the ground that we have yielded to the enemy. John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress eloquently portrays how we are involved in a daily battle against all that is in the world. We are fighting against the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. 
Silwa, nezinte ningi, nkanugu ya meso, ugui kenya, kulogu pila, nkanugu enya. Satan's plan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Kukuba pelika walika satane, elokuba ebe abulale futa bizis. 1 John 5.19 declares, the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. When you look at what is going on in Israel and Gaza right now, you can see the way that Satan works, killing, stealing, destroying. Not only has the enemy enslaved many to false religions, sinful habits and addictions, but he's also waging an all-out war against the forces of Jesus Christ. It's just one of many churches bombed and attacked in Iraq. Satan aims to undermine the church and to frustrate the divinely appointed rescue mission that has been entrusted to us. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ is dedicated to saving lost men and women, so too Satan is dedicated to damning and destroying everyone in the strife-torn world. Just as it is God's plan for the church to take the precious life-giving word of God, the Bible, to all people everywhere, so Satan seeks to prevent this. For much of my life, I've had to smuggle Bibles into countries where the Bible is not legal. You know, the Bible is a restricted, banned book in 67 countries of the world today. Just as Jesus has commanded Christians to be the light to this world, radiating God's love to those trapped in the darkness of sin, so the enemy continually seeks to dim, to divert, and to destroy our influence. The only hope for this lost world is the gospel, the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And God has entrusted this message to his church, to his people. God's plan for Christians is to be his freedom fighters. This world is enslaved to sin. We are to be God's freedom fighters. As God's guerrillas, Christians need to be undermining Satan's forces. This includes the false religious cults and sects and communism and the occult. The whole church needs to be involved in this war of liberation. The goal is to free the whole world from the devil's deceptions and from the snares of Satan. The only reason why the devil is so often winning is because the church is so seldom fighting. You can have the best football or rugby team, but if they're not on the field at the time of the match, they lose. If the church were fighting the good fight of faith more, the devil would not be winning so much. We need people like David who are willing to go into the valley of the shadow of death and confront the Goliaths of our time. David was strong in the Lord. If the devil is not fleeing from us, then either we're not submitting to God or we're not resisting the devil, or both. He who is in us is greater than him who is in the world. Jesus in us is greater than Satan in the world. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. Yet most in the church prefer to retreat into our barracks and sing choruses rather than to follow our commanding officer into the fields of battle. We teach about our wonderful weapons, but they are seldom used. We praise our commanding officer, but we don't obey him. We know that he commands us to attack, but we choose to consolidate. He says, move forward. 
But we decide to dig in. He leads us into battle. But we stay at home and watch TV and read romance novels, watch TikTok and play video games. The enemy has tricked many into the ambush of pride. Thousands have triggered the landmines of lust. Others have been discouraged by the bombardment of criticism. So many people have a gift of criticism. Many have retreated before the poison gas of gossip. The booby traps of bitterness have crippled the critical. And those who struggled behind their units have found themselves captured by the diversions of the world. Propaganda has led many to surrender to the army of unbelief. We are in a spiritual world war. And the fight is to preach the gospel to the millions living under communist oppression. And to smuggle Bibles to those living under severe persecution. To save the lives of the millions trapped in satanic deceptions and false religions and cults and sects. To free drug addicts and to liberate alcoholics. The church must reach everyone in this needy world with the powerful love and liberty of Jesus Christ. And our primary target must include the seemingly impenetrable communist and Muslim areas. These strongholds must be reached for Christ, no matter what the cost. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the word of God. 
ukuba yilona lo mcabango ubanjwe ulethwe ekumazini noma ekumlaleleni uNkulunkulu to the obedience of Christ ukuba kwazi ukulalela uNkulunkulu but to do so we need to be free Ephesians 4:27 warns us never to give place to the devil. Never to give him a foothold. On opportunity or chance. If Satan gains a firm enough foothold in a person's life, he can turn an act of sin into a regular practice of sin. From there it can degenerate into a habit. Which leads a person downward into bondage. His own iniquities entrap the wicked man. He is caught in the cords of his sin. You know, if somebody takes some thread and puts some thread around your hand, you can break it easily. But what about if they put it around a dozen times? Now it's going to get harder. What about a hundred times? That thread, that, that single thread that you could have broken so easily, when it's multiple times, it becomes very hard to break. Then you need outside help to get free. No alcoholic begins by announcing, I plan to ruin my life and my family's life. From this day forward, I'm going to drink as much alcohol as I can every day. No, they don't plan it that way. It begins with a single drink. Then a second, then a third. But the downward slide can be traced from that initial act. To a regular practice, to a habit, and then it goes to a bondage. I grew up in Rhodesia, what today is Zimbabwe. In Bulawayo, it seemed every home had a bar. Alcohol was part of every bright place, it was part of every meal, it was part of any get-together, every social event. I couldn't help but notice that adults became more stupid the more alcohol they drink. This included my own parents and my brother and I saw all the people around me, they drank alcohol and the more they drank, the stupider they got. Because 
And it went along with the smoking, of course, as well. Well, I praise God for His grace. I've never touched alcohol or cigarettes. I've saved myself a life of worries and, and problems. In the army all around me, people are drinking and smoking. In the fire brigade, everyone seems to be smoking and drinking. But I praise God that he protected me from falling into these vices which are like a snare of Satan. I've seen so many people ruin their lives by alcohol. I've picked up friends in the streets and, picked, and carried them home while they vomit down my back, put them in a shower, cleaned them up, and the next day they can't remember a thing. And these men in the barracks, oh, the weekend was great. What happened? I can't remember a thing. How do you know it was so great? I've got such a bubble, such a headache today. Now tell me I'm missing out. I found them lying in their own vomit. I know what I'm missing out on. Do you know Donald Trump is one of the richest people in the world? You may be surprised to know he does not drink alcohol. He's a teetotal. And he has taught his children to never drink alcohol, to never smoke, to never do drugs, to never have tattoos, body piercing, to never gamble. That may surprise you. So Donald Trump's one son said, but we own gambling casinos. And Donald Trump said, gambling is for chumps, not trumps. You don't get rich by gambling, you get rich by letting other people gamble. Well, Donald Trump's sons live a cleaner life than many pastors' children. I've said to my children when we go to shop and you see people lining up at the lotto table to buy the lotto. You see those people, they can't do maths. They've got a five times greater chance of being struck by lightning than winning the lottery. People who do the lotto and expect to win are not good at maths. The odds are against them, millions to one. 
abantu abadlali lotho belindelwe ukuyina abantu abangazi ukuthi benzani the counseling psychologists tend to use the word addiction manje laba zengqondo abaluleka abantu bebenzisa counseling basebenzisigama le addiction oshuthu umuntu ubhajiwe kuleyona is addicted to alcohol or something like that bathile umuntu hawu sebhajiwe ophuzweni but this suggests that you're a powerless victim of sin God doesn't call it an addiction he calls it sin What is the middle letter of sin I I is the middle of sin It works this way in English the middle letter of pride is also I The middle letter of lie is also I. Selfishness, the sinful self is at the heart of all of our problems. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Most assuredly I say unto you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Therefore, if the Son set you free, you shall be free indeed. The first step to genuine freedom in Christ is must must be wholehearted repentance turning away from sin for godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation this is the message that we have heard from him And we declare it to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him. But if we walk in darkness. We lie. And we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin If we say that we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness we should reread 1 John chapter 1 John chapter 1 ourselves and just meditate on that there's such an important message here The truth is we are not just victims of Satan. 
We don't just need deliverance. We are guilty sinners needing forgiveness. The next step to freedom in Christ is taking back the ground that we have yielded to the enemy. If we have given Satan a key or foothold in our life through bitterness or unforgiveness or pride, or through immorality or idolatry or rebellion, we need to command the enemy in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to leave. Satan is a liar and a deceiver. He is described in the Bible as the accuser of the brethren. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. We are lost. Jesus is the way. We are deceived. Jesus is the truth. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the truth that sets us free. We need to tear down the strongholds of Satan in our life. We need to renew our minds. Meditating on whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are good report. If there's any virtue. If, if there's anything praiseworthy, you'll find these things in the Bible. Not on TikTok and in uh, Hollywood. That's the way to get conformed to the world. We need to have our minds renewed. We need to tear down the strongholds of Satan in our life. And in their place, we need to build towers of truth, reprogramming our mind for the life-giving, liberating Word of God. And we rebuild towers of truth in our life by reading good Christian books, by going to Christian services and Bible studies. We need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We need to bring our thoughts and our lives in line with God's word and God's will. God's law forbids us to give attention to mediums and familiar spirits. 
Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19 forbids us to give any attention to the occult. When you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. These shall not be found amongst you. Anyone who makes a son or his daughter pass through the fire. Or one who practices witchcraft. Or a soothsayer. Or one who interprets omens. Or a sorcerer. Or one who conjures spells. Or a medium or a spiritist. Or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are abominations to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you will dispossess, they listen to soothsayers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Deuteronomy 18 makes it clear it is an abomination before God, it is hateful before God for us to participate in any occult or witchcraft activity. Ask God to reveal any and all occultic activity that has taken place in your life. Renounce the seek of power as sin. Commit yourself to the empowering of God's Holy Spirit. Renounce the seeking of guidance from evil spirits and commit yourself to the guidance of the scriptures. Renounce all healing from the occult and commit yourself to the God who heals. Pokemon, Harry Potter, Twilight series, these are all repackaging witchcraft. An amount of girls into the Twilight series excited about the idea of being witches and being in love with vampires. Honestly, what kind of nonsense is this? But the amount of people who like the idea of being Leverhexy, some kind of witch and having some powers of other people, and this is having tremendous influence amongst girls in particular who've gone into Hollywood's glamorizing of 
witchcraft and witches and of being in love with some kind of vampire who's going to suck the blood out of you. Manjeke kulezinto ke la mafilimi abantu ombazana ngena kuwo lakuba khona umuntu omthakathi othola amandla kuma vampire bedukiswa befundiswa ngalemoya. As for Harry Potter that has just popularized witchcraft to whole new generation. Harry Potter ke naye futhi umdlalo ufundisa ngazo lezizinto zokuthakatha kwizulu aneziningi. Renounce the use of all mantras and charms and fetishes and any object that you may have trusted in for protection. Commit yourself to God's protection. The English have some strange superstitions. Some of them have a rabbit's foot for luck. Well, let me tell you, if the rabbit's foot was lucky, it would still be on the rabbit. I know that the, many people might have a Saint Christopher to keep them safe when they travel. Well, Jesus can keep you safer than Saint Christopher can. Remove all occultic material from your home. Burn what can be burned and break and bury what cannot be burned. In Acts 19, 19, we see that the people brought all the occultic material and they burned it. And as the fire of these cursed things went up, the fire of God's Holy Spirit came down. When I got converted, I looked around and I saw we had a lot of witchcraft masks and other things we'd picked up which we thought were funny souvenirs, but then I realized these are cursed items, they have to go. The people I know who got converted and then God convicted them that the Buddhist statue that they had, that they brought back from Thailand, this is an accursed idol, what did I have it in a Christian home for? It's got to go. Those of us who look at the TV set as something that just brings occult into the home. And so we take the TV set out to the shooting range and use it for target practice. Maybe some of you have seen the Fireproof movie with Kirk Cameron. And the fireman in this film, Fireproof, the character that's played by Kirk Cameron, his problem is pornography. And God convicted him. And when he found it was still being a snare, he took his computer outside and took a baseball bat to it and pounded it. Now that's taking dominion over the sin that's ensnaring you. 
Technology is a dangerous servant, but it is a fearful master. We can use technology for God's work. But it's like a fire. A fire can be very helpful to cook meals and to boil water and so on. But the fire must stay in the fireplace. If the fire gets out of control, it can burn down the whole house. This auditorium was once destroyed by a fire. In 20 minutes, the whole building was destroyed. A fire is a dangerous servant and it is a fearful master. There's a place for a fire in the fireplace. But if it gets out of its place, then it is destructive. Technology is like a fire. It can be a useful servant, but it's a dangerous servant. You've got to keep it in its place. Know where the off button is. Ask God to take back all the ground that you've yielded to Satan through involvement in darkness and worldly or occultic music. I was preaching in Middleburg on the message and the music and the young man came to me afterwards and said, I've just deleted all 5,000 songs off my iPhone because I realized nothing I had on there was God honoring. I had no idea you could have 5,000 songs on one iPhone, but he destroyed it all. He said he realized he was convicted by God's word. The message was wrong and it was not doing him any good and he had to get rid of it. Determined to only listen to music which is thoroughly Christian and God honoring. If it's not edifying, remove and destroy it. Music should be for the glory of God alone. Music is a tool that the enemy uses to entice people into the occult. And the effects of this music often stay with people long after their conversion to Christ. They can remember the lyrics and the songs and the words. God instructed Israel, you shall burn the carved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them. Nor take it for yourselves, lest you be snared by it. For it is an abomination to the Lord your God. Do you know what a snare is? 
It's a wire trap that's used to trap animals. Snares are so horrible, animals have been known to bite their own leg off to get free from a snare. You do not want to get your foot caught in a snare and every time you move it just tightens that metal is going into your skin and then into the bone. Nor shall you bring an abomination into your house lest you be doomed to destruction like it. Yet how many Christians have brought in Buddhist statues and idols from India and Thailand and far east into their homes like it's a tourist attraction. But it's an idol. It's, it's a demon being depicted in stone or wood. We don't need these things. But maybe that's not your problem. Maybe your problem is some video games. Or some computer programs or sites that you visit. Those things are also cursed and they need to be destroyed. In the Bible, when people got serious with God, they destroyed their idols. Statues of Baal or Asherah. They destroyed the Molech, Kronos. These idols of the, of the false gods, they destroyed them. You could see when people were serious with God, they destroyed their idols. And you can see when a person gets serious with God, they get rid of the things that are ensnaring them, whether it's the music or the alcohol, whatever it is that's a snare to them. You shall utterly detest it and utterly abhor it for it is an accursed thing. The word of God tells us in Deuteronomy 7, God hates these idols. Why do we love what God hates? David said he would not even take the names of false gods upon his lips. Giving in, getting into the occult is relatively easy. Getting out can be very traumatic. But it is absolutely essential for our spiritual health. We need to destroy all occultic materials in our home. Sometimes people bring some of their magazines, video things and occultic to the past and say, could you please burn this for me? No, you, bur you bought it, you burn it. Sometimes there are fire services here at the mission when people bring together occultic materials and burn them. I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Sometimes 
Bitterness can be another stronghold of Satan. If you have not forgiven someone, it's likely that you have an unforgiving spirit and a resentment that will deepen into bitterness. Ask God to reveal to you the people against whom you are holding feelings of bitterness and resentment. Be aware that you could also be harboring feelings of bitterness towards God. It's amazing how many people are bitter towards God. Some are blaming God for things wrong in their life. Make a list of the names that God reveals to you of people that you're bitter towards. Then start at the bottom of the list for those people who are the easiest to forgive. Work you up to the most difficult cases. And repent of the sin of unforgiveness. Our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive each person from the heart and ask God to take back the ground that you've given Satan through unforgiveness. And we're to forgive wholeheartedly, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Bitterness is a poison that consumes the one who has the bitterness in him. It doesn't hurt the person you're bitter against, it destroys you. The Apostle Paul said, I always strive towards having a clear conscience without offense towards God and man. Do you have a clear conscience? If someone you knew was making a list of people who hurt them and never asked for their forgiveness, would you be on their list? It's one thing for me to make a list of people who have hurt me and never apologize, but what about how many people I've hurt? So write out a list of the people that God brings to your mind whom you have offended, whom you've not sought forgiveness from yet. Contact those individuals by letter or telephone and be brief. Be 
Tell that particular person you've been looking back over your life and you realize you failed him or her in some specific way that the Lord reveals to you and ask for their forgiveness. This may involve restitution. I can't say, I'm so sorry for not returning the tape recorder I stole from you uh, without returning it. You know, if you apologize, I'm sorry I stole this from you, well then you need to return it or replace it or pay for replacement. What we must not do is justify ourselves. I am sorry, but you made me so angry is not an apology. I'm sorry, but you provoked me is not an apology. I am sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I won't do it again. Now that's an apology. I'm sorry, but is not a real apology. And if certain people have benefited you, but you've never shown appreciation or gratitude, express your gratitude to them for what you've gained. Send thank you notes and thank you cards to people who've blessed you and show how God has used them to build you up and strengthen you. The first sin God convicted me of when I heard the gospel was lack of gratitude. I'd never thank God for anything. I'd never even thank God for life, for health, not so much for a meal. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It, it is always God's will for us to be joyful, prayerful and thankful. Ask God to guide you as to everything you can do to make things right, to do restitution, to apologize or restore relationships. Another key area where Satan gains a foothold or stronghold in the lives of Christians is an area of rebelliousness. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Your rebellious attitude is in God's eyes like witchcraft itself. Ask God to forgive you for not respecting and submitting to the authorities he has placed in your life. Determine before God to be in submission to the authorities that God has placed over you. 
It could be your parents, your husband, your education institution, your mission, your church, your employer. These are authorities. Ask forgiveness from those authorities that you've rebelled against. Tell them of your renewed commitment to be in submission to them under the Lord. Pride is repugnant to God. In some ways, pride is one of the worst sins anyone can commit. Pride is a fist of rebellion in the face of the Creator. In Proverbs 6, pride is at the top of the list of the seven sins that God hates the most. Pride was Satan's original sin. Pride caused Satan to be cast down from heaven as Lucifer. And yet today you have people having pride marches and pride months. But pride is one of the seven deadly sins. We've got a president in the White House in America who announces pride and flies the pride flag from his office. Not a pride day, but a pride month, for goodness sakes. What do we have to be proud about? We are wicked, guilty sinners deserving an eternity in hell. There is no room for pride before God. Some people have designed a new pride flag for America. Gay pride is why Sodom got fried. Why did God send fire and brimstone upon the city of Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of gay pride. Pride comes before a fall. A proud look is an abomination in God's eyes. So let us not try to follow pride. Love is not proud. Today, parenting has to involve shielding our children from pride, which is targeting the children. And pride is an insidious, perverted idea. We need the shield of faith. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. 
Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit before a fall. You should know what the Bible says about pride, and it's not good. Every day, we need to make a conscious decision to die to self. And to be committed to God's will and to His purpose for our life. Ask God's forgiveness for areas in your life that you've built around yourself. Surrender it to God. Ask Him to take back any ground that you've surrendered to Satan. Replace the seven deadly sins with the seven holy virtues. Let's get rid of pride and put on humility. Let's repent of envy and rather seek kindness. Instead of wrath, how about patience? Instead of slothfulness, how about diligence? Instead of avarice, temperance. Instead of gluttony, abstinence. Instead of lust, chastity. Sexual bondage is one of Satan's chief ploys in undermining Christians. Ask God to reveal to you when you first violated his moral law and began to surrender ground to Satan in your life in this. Confess every sin that the Lord brings to your memory. Ask God to restore your fellowship with Him in that area. Ask God to take back all ground that you've given to the enemy through moral failure. Dedicate your body to the purpose of glorifying God. And be on your guard for the traps and the temptations of Satan. Be prepared to resist the devil. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand then, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And having shot your feet to the preparation of the gospel of peace. Are you prepared to share the gospel? Are your feet shod ready for action, ready to share the gospel with your neighbors? Above all, take up the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take up the helmet of salvation. Are you saved? You cannot do spiritual warfare till you have the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <laughs> Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Ephesians 6 teaches us the whole armor of God. And the first part of the armor is the belt of truth. Humble yourself before God. Acknowledge your need of God's grace. You need his divine power. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself to God. Dedicate your body to glorifying God. Dedicate your mind to thinking his thoughts. Dedicate your emotions to loving him. Dedicate your energy to serving him. Do everything as unto God and not unto man. You are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Actively resist the devil. In the name of Jesus. Counterattack with the word of God with prayer. When you're tempted, quote the scripture. Submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. Overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb. 
And by the word of your testimony, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. Ask forgiveness for every violation of God's standards. Purify your hearts. Get back into the race. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. On whom your faith depends from beginning to end. Reclaim all the surrendered ground and enjoy full freedom in Jesus Christ our Lord. And you can, do, you can do that tonight before you leave the auditorium. Seek counsel, get help, and pray. These things need to be dealt with with a counselor, but here's a suggested prayer for us to uh, close the service with here at this point. We need to wholeheartedly turn from sin and place all our trust in Christ alone. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I come before you desiring to be free of all bondage and sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Thank you for your mercy and grace. Thank you for cleansing me from my sin. I am sorry for my sin. I pray, Lord God, that you would wash me and cleanse me and free me. From the, all the consequences of my iniquities and rebellion. I confess and repent of all my sins. Both the known and the unknown sins. I confess and renounce the sins of my forefathers. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the power of his blood shed upon the cross of Calvary, I break and renounce the power of every demonic curse that has been passed down upon me by the sins and actions of others or by myself. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I renounce, break, and loose myself and my family from all demonic bondage and rejection, subjection. I claim release through the blood of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. By your grace, may you bless me and use me and enable me to serve you faithfully to your honor and glory and for the extension of your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen.
Do be sure to stay behind and seek counsel tonight to make these things right and to entrench this victory in your life. Salam Paulungi say in Biloya, Sikwat.